Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 178 of the Speaking Club podcast. Let's kick off this show with a quote from the inimitable Steve Jobs. Get closer than ever to your customers, so close that you tell them what they need well before they realise it themselves. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey there, I hope you're well, and thanks for joining me again on The Speaking Club. Now, I recently saw a LinkedIn article, and it was aimed at event organisers, and this article suggested that there were six different types of public speaker, including the transformational speaker, the motivational speaker, the educational speaker, the activist speaker, the wannabe speaker, and the hidden agenda speaker. Now, I think that this is actually wrong. I think you shouldn't categorise speakers in this way because in my book, as a great speaker, you have to embody all six of these. In my opinion, whatever topic you're speaking on, your talk should be transformative, motivational, educational, provocative and have a destination you want to get the audience to. And this likely will be hidden because, as you know, in all aspects of marketing, you have to sell your audience and customer what they want, not necessarily what they need. Oh, and as far as the wannabe part comes in, to my mind, speakers should always want to be learning and getting better. Now, this same article also suggested that to find a speaker who could inspire, educate, entertain and make their audience chuckle was a rare unicorn. Now, this part of the article I agree with because there, there aren't that many around, but my aim with this podcast and with my coaching and courses is to turn you into one of these unicorn speakers who can shift hearts and minds, create aha moments and hold your audience in the palm of your hand. And you absolutely can powerfully shift perspectives and inspire people to take action, whether you're doing a three-minute talk or a two-hour workshop, but not without developing what I call customer intimacy. So that's what I want to talk to you about this week. And it's something that's so often overlooked by many presentation and speaking books and coaches and courses, but which I believe is vital to your success as a speaker and thought leader. And I'm not just talking about understanding your audience. I'm talking about focusing your message so that it speaks to people within that audience that have the specific problem that you can help resolve. I'm going to give you some tips in this show that will enable you to speak with those people in your audience at a new level of connection 
so that they're awakened to the problem and want to get it solved. Right then, let's kick this off. So first of all, you might have noticed that I'm using the term customer intimacy rather than audience intimacy. And that's because for whatever reason you're speaking, even if it's a paid corporate gig or a technical conference or a talk within your company, you are always selling, whether that's an idea, a project, a product or a service. Now, I'm currently working with a senior leader in a global engineering firm who is due to speak to a group of interns about his area of the business. Now, he's invested in developing his speaking skills and content with me because he recognises that in the great war of talent acquisition, he has to sell his company and his group within the company as the best place for these interns to start their careers. A big part of our early work together has been working out what buttons he needs to press in his audience to get the results he wants. And in doing that, it's given him so much clarity and completely changed the way he's approaching this talk. So by customer intimacy, I mean identifying the hopes, dreams, desires, fears, pain and beliefs of your target audience so that you can connect with them at an emotional level. And if you can do that, then your talk will be transformational, inspirational and motivational because you're making change compelling. Now, many speakers will have their own agenda, maybe a project you want to get green lighted, a book course or service that you want to sell or a change in behavior you want people to adopt. But your job through your talk is to get your audience to see that they want the same thing themselves. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about Simon Sinek's TEDx talk, How Great Leaders Inspire Action. And he says in that talk that your goal should be to do business with people who believe what you believe. And if you share what you believe and get them on board and they start sharing about your product, idea or service, then you will get over the tipping point into the mass market. You'll grow your audience. In that talk, Simon uses Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech as an example of this. The reason so many people followed Dr. Martin Luther King is because with this talk, he was able to create a picture of the past, the present and the future that connected at an emotional level with the pain, the fears and the hopes of his target customers. And I actually believe, though, that you can do more with your talk than Simon suggests, because I believe there are actually three types of people in your audience. There are the people who already believe what you believe and you just need to tell them about your thing. The people who are on the fence and just need a reason to believe what you believe and the people who will never believe. So your job within your talk is to share your belief, your mission, your cause in such a way that it not only connects with the people who already believe, but shifts the perspectives of the people who are on the fence. So that's what I mean by customer intimacy and why it matters. Now, the question is, how do you develop that deeper level of understanding? 
And that's what I want to give you a few tips on now. Now, I've talked about this before in previous episodes, but one of the key things to do is identify your customer's burning platform for change. Now, you know as well as I do, I'm trying to shift a stone and a half of weight and have been for many, many years. (laughs) Change is hard. It's uncomfortable. And that's why so many New Year's resolutions don't last beyond the first week of January. Our ego likes the status quo because it's safe and comfortable. And that's why those sneaky thoughts come in like, oh, this is too hard. I'll just I'll start again tomorrow. Or maybe things aren't so bad here. And so on to steer us back off to what we know. And I once heard a story about a dog in a gas station. A man walked into the shop to pay for his petrol. And as he was waiting in the queue he heard this spooky moaning sound coming from behind him. And he turned around and he saw that there was a dog lying down and every now and then he would moan as if he was in pain. And when the man got to the front of the queue, he asked the gas station owner what was wrong with the dog. And the man said, Oh, nothing. He's lying on a nail that's come loose. He'll move when it gets too painful. And that's what we're like. We won't make a change until things become too painful. So when you're speaking, you need to identify what would be so painful for your audience that the thought of it would compel them to make a change. My dad smoked over 40 cigarettes a day from the age of 11 until the age of 40. And one day he went to the doctor and the doctor told him that if he didn't quit, he wouldn't see his children grow up. And he walked straight out of that doctor's to the shop to buy another pack of cigarettes. He came out of the shop, went over to the bin and threw them in. And he's never smoked another day in his life. That was the burning platform for my dad. Now, obviously, that's quite a dramatic one. But in a lesser form, for a lot of people that start a business, the driver is more freedom and flexibility so that they can spend more time with their children so that they don't miss them growing up. But if they've traded nine to five for their own business and they're working long hours or the business is failing, then it's your job to point out that they'll still miss their children growing up. And when you strip back the layers of what people want to their underlying why, and then you show them how they could lose it, it will create that burning platform for change. And most of these are universal for us as human beings. It will come down to love, to money or to survival. Now, another great tool to layer on top of the burning platform is something called future pacing. And this is where you paint a picture of what their life will be like with what they want and without it. And this is also a great tool for one-on-one calls. Your job, remember, is to lead people to the answer, not to give it to them. Now, the last and perhaps most important tip is once you've developed an intimate understanding of your customer, what they desire, they hope, they fear, and they believe around the problem you solve for them, is to find a story that will tap into these things. Now, if you're a regular listener, you will have heard me bang on and on and on about stories forever. But this right here is why they're so powerful and they should form the backbone of your talk. 
Your stories can bring together all these fears, hopes and dreams, challenge myths and assumptions in a way that's simple, relatable, engaging, concrete and memorable. They are your secret weapon for shifting perspectives and that's why they're at the heart of my speaking and marketing coaching programs. Now, another illustration of how powerful stories are is the way that our objections are created. So when someone has an objection about moving forward with your stuff, even though they're bought into the idea of it, it will be based on a belief, either something about what you're offering, their ability to use it or do it, or some external factor, normally time and money. And that belief that underpins that objection is based on a story that they heard or they made up when something happened to them. As so many times I hear from clients that something painful or embarrassing happened to them at school when they were a child around speaking in front of the class. And based on that one event, they've told themselves multiple stories. If I speak, something bad will happen to me. I can't speak. I have nothing interesting to say and so on. And every time they think about speaking in the future, they imagine the same thing happening to them. And eventually that story becomes a belief, but without any tangible evidence. Your job, therefore, is to share a story that trumps their story. I've got so many examples of people I've worked with being petrified about speaking and how they've then gone and overcome that fear and have since fallen in love with speaking and are using it to successfully grow their business and change their life and other people's lives. And, and if I were to tell people that story, you know, use a case study example about someone, then I would also contrast this with what would have happened if that same person hadn't taken action to overcome their fear and develop their speaking. And this is where you, with your thing, would paint a picture of the greater pain that that person wants to avoid. And that's why this stuff is so powerful and so critical to you achieving your goals as a speaker and a thought leader. If you want to touch people, inspire them, get them to take action and make a difference to their lives and your own, then you have to develop customer intimacy and use stories to shift perspectives. There you go. Now, I hope that's pushed some of your buttons. And of course, you can work this stuff into your speaking on your own. But if you want to accelerate that journey so that you make the impact and get the results you want faster, then of course, I would love to help you. And there are many ways that we can work together. Go and check them out at the storyledmarketing.com website. But I did want to flag my upcoming Nail Your Signature Talk program, which is going to be a beta group program. And if you want to find out more about that, how you can nail your signature talk in 60 days or less and work with me live to do that, then just drop me a line at sarah at saraharcher.co.uk with the word signature in the subject line. So your takeaways from this episode are great speakers are able to engage, entertain, transform, inspire and motivate their audience. And that is what you should be aiming for. You need to get under your customer's skin in order to make a connection with them so that you can do these things 
as a speaker. And you must think about what the burning platform might be that will compel the people in your audience you want to reach to make a change. Remember, you're talking to the people that believe what you believe or could believe what you believe. They're on the fence. And you need to come up with stories that show what's possible and what might be lost and how their old beliefs are now redundant. Well, that is it from me. Thank you so much for listening, as ever. And if you enjoy the show and you get value from it, please, I'd love it. Do me a a solid, as they say, and take a couple of minutes to leave a rating or review. If you haven't already done so, at ratethispodcast.com slash TSC. So stay safe. Don't forget to check out storyledmarketing.com or email me at saraharcher.co.uk if you're interested in joining the Now Your Signature Talk 60-day program. And finally, do go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking with your speaking. Bye-bye. Getting to practice your speaking in front of an audience is a crucial part of testing your message and developing your skills and experience as a speaker. Yet opportunities to do this in the right environment can be hard to find. Add in the chance to get expert feedback and coaching on your content structure and delivery and the opportunities are even fewer. But that's what you'll get as a member of the Speaking Club Live. Each week we'll be focusing on a different aspect of business speaking from pitching to presenting to videos and lives. There'll be hot speak slots and you'll get the chance to practice sharing your message, your storytelling, your humor, and all the different aspects of speaking in front of me and other members. Then you'll get feedback and coaching from me and your peers so that you're moving forward on your speaking journey with accountability and support. If you'd like to find out more about how you can become a member of the Speaking Club Live so that you can build your confidence, improve your delivery and become a better speaker, then go to saraharcher.co.uk slash club now.